system. All right, welcome to another episode of System Splicers. Uh, in this episode, we are going to be doing a solo session um, where Dolph will play as Jezebel. We're going to get to know a little bit about Jezebel's sort of normal daily life in our starting town of Felgarant and explore a little bit of her life as a noble, because that is the background that Dolph chose uh, for Jezebel. Um, this episode also features our first and possibly only instance of an original song. I thought it might be fun to try to throw a song together. I'm not really a professional musician, but I thought it'd be kind of an interesting challenge. And um, you will see how the final result turned out later in the episode. I have no professional recording equipment, and in fact, the entire song was recorded in my car. Uh, so let's just jump in. Hopefully it's not too disastrous. It's just kind of meant to be a fun thing. I know I'm not going to be winning any awards for that song or anything. So <laughs> let's just jump into the episode. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. So it's it's relatively early morning. Um, you've slept in a little bit since last night was a rager of a birthday party for you. Uh, but the light from outside is coming in through your window, illuminating you and the person that you apparently took to your bed with you last night. So let's go ahead and get a quick physical description of Jezebel and whoever else is in her bed. Okay, well, Jezebel is tall, about six foot foot, has like long flowing blonde hair, uh, is wearing a full on uh, light blue dress. All right. So go ahead and describe the person that you took home from the party last night and snuck into your room. Person I took ho home uh, uh, last night was actually um, a traveling female dwarf. She only sat about like uh, four foot, like even. Has like um, has like uh, short brown hair and uh, brown eyes, and um, is also like very muscular. Uh, what about her beard? Does she have one? No. No beard. All right. No. It's official. Female dwarfs don't have beards in this setting. Alright, so Jezebel wakes up to this uh, female dwarf that she hooked up with last night. Uh, you know that it's not going to be um, a good thing if you're busted with this person in your bed. So what does Jezebel do to try and, you know, remedy that situation? Well, <laughs> she would probably just uh, um, start uh, speaking really quickly and be, be like, like, hey, hey. Mm, what do you want? Gotta go. I gotta go? What do you mean I gotta go? You weren't telling me that last night. Yes, yes, I, I, I know you, uh, you uh, going at, at a pretty strong, but we gotta, you gotta leave. My, uh, father's co uh, gonna be checking in on me, uh, so soon, and he will not be happy about all this. Uh, what, what am I meant to do? Hop out the window? Yes. Well, I guess it wouldn't be the first time. It was lovely spending the night with you. I'll be on my way. I'll write a song about you. The female dwarf kind of gathers her clothes and <laughs> hops up onto the window ledge, kicks her little feet trying to get over it, and you hear her kind of plop into the bushes outside your window, followed by like a... Uh, at that point, you hear a knock on the door, and you know that it's one of the servants summoning you for breakfast. So, what does Jezebel do? Is she going to join breakfast? Yeah. Alright, so you head through the lovely embassy that you have been uh, living in 
pretty much your whole life. Uh, your parents are sitting in the big dining room all by themselves, you know, just the two of them at a huge table. And they look at you. They know you had a birthday party last night, um, and they're pleased that it didn't get too out of hand. You know, the guards didn't have to get involved or anything. They didn't have to come bail you out. And your father gestures towards one of the seats and says, Sit down, Jezebel. I, I sit down. How was your party last night? Good. Good. I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, listen, you know, uh, today being your 18th birthday, it's very important for you to start joining the family business. You are, you are an ambassador now that you are of age. Do you understand this responsibility? <sighs> yes, father. It does not only reflect upon yourself, but upon all of us. Are you prepared for this? As I'll ever be. As your first official duty, as an ambassador of Postonia, you have to go buy a gift. As you know, Lord Doriana, his child Yetlin, has recently had a birthday as well. You should find him a decent gift in town and deliver it to them, along with the well wishes from the great nation of Postonia. Okay. Okay? Is that all you have to say? Yes, father. All right, that's better. Now I do suggest you go get some information on the young man, find out what he likes, and get something befitting of the son of a lord. Do not bring shame to us this time, Jezebel. Yes, father. Very good. Please finish your breakfast and then you are dismissed. Your mother sits silently the whole time, just kind of nodding along with your father. Jezebel just glares at her like... <laughs> you can tell that even though it's the, the first meal of the day, uh, your mother's already drinking something with some alcohol in it. She's got kind of the glassy look in her eyes as she just, you know, eats her meal quietly. And after sort of a quiet, awkward meal, you are free to... To leave and go about your your job for the day. Your first act as an ambassador, now that you are of age. Jezebel would head to her favorite shop of uh, garage tools and trinkets. Alright. You leave the embassy, and you cross the town. And everybody that you pass along the way, uh, most of them recognize you. You're pretty popular around town. Um, if it's not a friendly smile and a nod, you get met with, you know, a handshake. You know, have a blessed day. Uh, you know, everyone's wishing you a good morning. So it doesn't take long for you to get to uh, Girid's place. You know each other pretty well. Uh, this guy sells, uh, you know, small tools and trinkets and, you know, little gears, springs, anything you might need to, you know, just tinker around with, try to make a cool invention. And as you enter the door, uh, did you ever come up with a race for Girid? I'm going to go with him just being human. When you walk in, you see Girid. He's a he's an older human male. He's balding on top. He's got, you know, hard calloused hands from all the tinkering that he does, but they still look pretty dexterous. And he looks up and he's like, Well, good morning, Jezebel. It's a pleasure to see you. Good morning. So, what are you interested in today? Are you building anything particularly exciting? I have an idea of a lighthouse toy for a present. That sounds like an interesting challenge. Come on over here. We'll see what kind of uh, stuff we can get together for that. What do you say? Good. So you and Girid proceed to kind of rifle through the random boxes of parts and stuff that he has. Um, I'm going to go ahead and have Jezebel make a check with her Tinkerer's Tools to see how well she does putting this lighthouse together. Roll or roll that advantage because you have um, Girid helping you out. He's kind of aiding you. 
All right, so you got a 17. That's pretty damn good. So after about, you know, an hour, 45 minutes, you have an actual working lighthouse. Uh, you just got to crank a little gear on bottom, and the little part inside the the top spins around. Um, you don't have a way to give it light mechanically, but as an artificer, you do have your magical tinkering ability. So are you going to be uh, imbuing this thing with magic so that it can be, you know, shedding light out of the top of the lighthouse? Yeah. I love it. All right, so you have your toy lighthouse that actually lights up. Spinning around, looks really cool. It's well built. And uh, Girid wishes you the best of luck, and he hopes that the child likes it. you have anything else to talk with uh, Girid about? I just say thank him uh, greatly for the assistance. And... No problem, Jezebel, anytime. You're my favorite customer, you know that. Alright, you head out. Are you going to be heading to Lord Doriana's estate to deliver the gift? Uh, yeah. So it doesn't take you too long. You know, you have the same treatment walking from Garrett's shop over to Lord uh, Doriana's place. People see you, they recognize you, they like you, they're friendly. A few people stop for small talk. But eventually you do get there. Uh, you're greeted by some pretty serious-looking guards at the gates. Uh, but they know you and they're expecting you, so you kind of get nodded through. Uh, the Triton guards are holding these wicked-looking uh, tridents uh, with shields that have the Doriana crest on them. You're escorted in towards the main chamber, where Lord Doriana and a few of his um, servants and attendants are. And Yetlin Doriana, the child, is there, and he's in, right in the middle of celebrating his birthday. He's already received a few gifts from, from some other people. Uh, you can see them, you know, on the table next to him. There's like a, a gold ring with an emerald in it. And, you know, a very fancy, well-tailored suit that's just his size sitting next to him. And he looks kind of bored and disappointed as you walk in. Uh, and the the servant who escorted you here, he's like, Now presenting Jezebel DeLufa of House DeLufa. And he gestures for you to go ahead and present your gift to the young lord well Jezebel would uh, bow eloquently as a, a, after uh, receiving that entrance and then uh, walk on up uh, speak to the kid so his eyes kind of light up as you approach because like everyone else in town uh, he knows about you and he likes you well enough he's heard good things uh, when he sees the lighthouse his eyes get even bigger though and he looks very curious what did you bring me? I have here uh, a constructed uh, toilet house. And if you look right here, and I uh, uh, flick like a uh, top thing, thing, and it just uh, spins around and lights up. Ooh, I love it. Daddy, look at it. Uh, you can see Lord Doriana looking down at it, and he looks angry and offended and disgusted. A lighthouse? Why, we we Tritons don't need lighthouses. We travel under the water. We can actually see, unlike you useless humans. Bah, whatever, leave it on the table. Uh, as you, you know, move towards the table with it, Yetlin kind of, like, reaches out, like, ah. 
So does Jezebel put it on the table or give it straight to the kid? I'll, uh, I'll put it on the table. So Jezebel sets the lighthouse on the table. Poor little Yetlin looks disappointed that he doesn't get to play with the one interesting gift that he got this year. And the servant that escorted you here walks up beside you and says, Uh, miss, I think it's best you leave now. Agreed. And he escorts you back out of the estate, back past the guards, and you are free to go wherever you'd like next. I don't really have any other plans, so I guess just going home. Alright, you head back to to your place, to the, the Postonian Embassy. Uh, as you pass the door outside of your room, you can see the bushes there are just kind of wrecked. It looks like that dwarf had a hard time getting out and just kind of like, forced her way through. Uh, you can see her, her thick dwarven boot prints leading away from the window as well. So you head inside. Um, you manage to make it to your room without any real issues. But after a minute or two, uh, without even knocking, your father just bursts into the door. What is wrong with you? Uh, uh, Did you do one thing I asked you to do today? Did you do the research? Yes. Oh, really? You did the research? Yes. And you thought that giving a lighthouse to a triton would make for a good gift? Well, he is just a kid. He's a noble. That gift was not from you. It was from the nation of Postonia. How do you not understand this? Jezebel just shrugs. Ugh. He slams the door, like, while staying in your room. And he says, Do you know what the servants told me this morning? They saw a dwarven woman sneaking out of your window. She ruined the bushes. Why can't you just be normal? Be a good noble, a good ambassador. I can't have you lying with other women, tinkering around with your useless little trinkets. Ah. He kind of storms around a little bit, like, opens the door, and gives you one last, like, stern stare. And he says, I wish your drunken idiot of a mother would have just given me a son. And slams the door behind him as he storms away. Yeah, fuck you too, buddy. <laughs> so Jezebel's kind of sitting on her bed. Uh, you can faintly hear your mom attempt to stick up for you, only to be immediately silenced, and she doesn't really say anything else. Just my, just uh, smiles, smiles and laughs, laughs, and well, while she's still in a good mood, mood, she's just gonna decide to uh, like uh, sneak on out to a bar. Okay, so Jezebel sneaks out of her window and she heads to one of her favorite spots to kind of blow off steam, uh, maybe get some drinks, maybe find a hookup. Uh, it's a tavern in the nicer part of town called the Pig and Whistle. Jezebel walks into the Pig and Whistle. Things are already into a nice, raucous swing. There's people dancing, people sloshing drinks around. Um, there's some nice music playing. Um, it's actually Demitan performing here tonight. Uh, he's the big frog guy that has the living parasite for a tongue. You hear him singing one of his classics. Um, he has a song about him and his parasite. Um, about how they met and it's a song about them about their friendship so the frog does these like uh, deep soulful like country ballad singing and then there's just occasionally he sticks his parasite tongue out and his tongue does like full speed rap breakdown um, that just crams a bunch of information into like the space of a single verse 
the crowd is still uh, stomping and clapping to the beat as they call for an encore. And uh, Jezebel just kind of sits back and listens. Well, I was young enough to be half tadpole, ran away from the colony and out into the cold. I struck it on my own to find a new home. All I wanted was a partner, so I didn't feel alone. I soon found myself in a sticky situation. I had fell in quicksand and was dying of starvation. Finally saw a meal, thought it was my salvation, but the bug that tried to eat was tougher than tarnation. Damn right, that's me. I'm out of the mouth, menace. Fight me, I'll be in your face like I'm a dentist. Yeah, you might have tried to eat me, that's true, but that night you bit off more than you could chew. I was crawling through the marsh, just minding my own business When a tongue shot out the dark and pulled me into some big lips I landed in his mouth and then we didn't have a spare So I severed his fucking tongue and just decided to live there Was warm and safe and had a smell like dung So I latched onto the stub and became his new tongue It was great at first, I couldn't believe my luck But that's when I realized that my mouth house was stuck Demitan and Margul We met each other in a dark pool Demitan and Margul Top of our class at Bard School Demitan and Margul Singing songs sitting on a bar stool well, my tongue was lopped off and replaced by a pest. It was hard to keep hope, but I did my damn best. I was soon overwhelmed by a wave of dysphoria. I opened up my mouth and I prayed to Valoria. She must have heard the prayer, cause fate intervened. We were saved by a creature the likes we've never seen. A short little man with a bright red beard. He touched the quicksand and it all disappeared. Demitan and Margul, we met each other in a dark pool. Demitan and Margul, top of our class at Bard School. Demitan and Margul, singing songs sitting on a bar stool. Demitan and Margul, if you think anyone's better then you're all fools. He took a look in my mouth and he saw my new friend touch his finger to the creature and began to ascend as he floated to the heavens and far out of reach. I realized he just gave my new tongue the gift of speech. And ever since then we've been traveling together. Not that we have a choice, we're literally tethered. We sing our songs and we tell our tales and at the end of the night we share some mails. Demitan and Margul. We met each other in a dark pool. Demitan and Margul, top of our class at Bard School. Demitan and Margul, singing songs sitting on a bar stool. Demitan and Margul. If you think anyone's better, then you're all fools. Uh, the place is all raucous and wild. Demitan's performing, and he's in the swing of one of his uh, more fast-paced songs. Uh, what does she do? Um, well, as she walks in, she just uh, she just looks around to see if she can uh, find anybody to her liking. Give me a perception check. Okay. That is a crit. <laughs> that is a crit one. Uh, with a natural one, unfortunately, there's nobody here in the bar tonight that's particularly attractive to you. Um, but you do see, you know, the drinks are flowing. There's dancing to be done if uh, Jezebel's into that. I think I would probably just go, um, if you go to the counter and just uh, order a drink. Because um, even though there isn't anybody in particular that interests her, maybe somebody will offer some, some entertainment. So the bartender here, um, you know him. His name is Artemis, but most people just call him Artie. He is a 15-year-old um dragonborn or a draken 
a green dragon. Um, he does not have a tail, um, but he has several piercings um, all over his face. And um, as you show up, he kind of gives you a nod and he starts preparing your usual. And as you sit down in the stool, your drink's already in front of you. How's it going? Eh, same shit, different day. I see. Is your father still an asshole? Yeah, he is. That is unfortunate. But at least you have a father. True. Could be worse. Let me know if you'd like more than the usual amount if you need to drown your sorrows. Can do. Uh, He turns and starts serving some other people. Um, And as you sit there drinking... Why don't you go ahead and describe your ideal gnome? What is the most physically attractive gnome you can think of? Just about like, uh, what we prefer, uh, typically prefers females. So, um, hers would be a female gnome with like, uh, some type of, uh, colored hair and like, uh, two pigtails. Uh, so Jezebel sees this gnome walk into the bar. Um, she's got short white hair. Um, she's in somewhat fancy clothing. Um, she maybe looks like uh, a minor noble or maybe a particularly wealthy merchant or uh, craftsman. There are not a lot of gnomes in Felgarant or in this area in general. Um, so even just like in that, she's a rarity. And Jezebel's eyes just kind of sparkle as she watches this gnome uh, enter the bar and come up to the stool next to her, climb up on there. And wave down Artie. I would also like to say say that uh, the, uh, another ideal trait would be that um, she's adept in like uh, uh, the arcane, so like a gnome wizard. All right, so this this gnome is up on the bar stool next to you, um, and as she pops up on the stool, you get a closer look at her. Um, you see a catalyst crystal hanging around her neck, something that's pretty commonly used uh, by magicians. For random magical nonsense. Um, You also spot a wand sheath on her hip. Although it is currently empty. And just from those couple of clues. You can tell that this particular gnome. Also happens to be a caster of some sort. Uh, Jezebel would probably. um, Just introduce herself to her. Alright go ahead and do that. Hey how you doing? Uh, The gnome kind of looks at you a little bit sideways. And then looks you up and down. Um, She gets like a little smirk on her face. And she's like pretty good now how about you same same i love this song me too so you're gonna just stand there or buy me a drink oh uh yeah sure bartender can i get a drink for the nice lady uh Artie kind of comes back over uh and he's like what'll it be miss and she said um i'll take a magic missile and you know that a magic missile is like a very powerful, like, poor man's shot that you just take when you want to get fucked up. And so Artie, like, he looks a bit surprised, but then he turns around and he mixes, he grabs a couple bottle and mixes them all up, puts them in front of the gnome, and she grabs the shot glass with both hands and just chugs that magic missile. And she lets out a tiny burp as she wipes her mouth, and she's like, Fuck yeah! I've never seen anyone when take a shot like that, that so well before. Well, you know us mages. Magic missile always hits the spot, am I right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Jezebel will just laugh, laugh like that. The gnome laughs as well. And the two of you just get along famously. 
you exchange a bunch of small talk and as the uh dance music kind of slows down into more romantic music there are a few couples and newly met couples out dancing on the floor and she kind of gets awkward and quiet and you can tell that she's waiting for you to ask her for a dance hey want to dance <laughs> She's like, I thought you'd never ask. And the two of you go out onto the dance floor together. Now, given the huge height disparity, how do you think that you managed to dance with this gnome? If the gnome doesn't uh, doesn't mind, I would probably just like like um, uh, hold her close so she'd actually like just ha- have her feet uh, feet off the air or whatever. <laughs> so you're holding her like almost cheek to cheek, like a traditional slow dance but also kind of carrying her like a baby. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, it would probably be better than, you know, just me awkwardly trying to not be able to dance on my knees. Uh, give me a performance check with advantage, because both of you are pretty drunk at this time. We'll see how well this goes. Because I imagine there are two ways to go about this, and one of them is way more like carrying them like a baby. And the other's way more like dancing. Let's see where you fall on that spectrum. Ooh, a 16. That's pretty good, considering you have no bonus to it. Um, yeah, it goes over well. Um, so she snuggles up with you, and you guys have a nice, you know, little slow dance to this slow music. And before you know it, there's someone ripping at your shoulder, like trying to turn you around. Uh, give me a reflex save to, uh to not drop this poor little gnome wizard on the ground. I guess that would be under dex. Oh uh, yeah, dex save, sorry. I am still bad at this edition. Even though <laughs> I've been playing it for five years. Ooh, barely made it. So uh, as the person rips you around, you're quick enough to lower the gnome to where she just has to drop like one foot. So you lower and like safety let her to the ground as this person whips you around. Um, and he's like, what are you doing dancing with my girl? I don't think you have a right to claim her. She can choose whoever she wants to be with. Um, you see the guy? He's kind of staring back at you. Um, he is an older looking half-elf. He doesn't look particularly big or menacing, but he seems like he can bully you, or he thinks that he can bully you. And there are two guys behind him. Uh, one of them's a hill dwarf. Um, he looks pretty beefy and muscular, and he's got a very well-maintained square beard that's like really nicely cropped. Uh, on the other side behind him is a Deity or Azamar. He looks about the same age as the half-elf, uh, maybe a little older because half-elves are always, you know, young and pretty looking or whatever. But he's standing there with his arms crossed, and all three of them... Um, they look like they're professionals. They're not wearing their armor because they're just kind of out and about. Um, but they look like they mean business. And he says, I got the right to do whatever I want. And ain't no little bitch like you gonna stop me from doing it. And he tries to shove you aside. Jezebo just laughs a bit and shoves him back while also saying, I've been called worse things by better people. Alright, let's do opposed strength checks. We'll see who gets the better of the shoving match. Well, he rolls a 2, plus 2, so he's got a (laughs) 4. And you got a 2, plus 1, which is (laughs) 3. So you both kind of weakly shove each other. Neither of you really gets the better, because neither of you actually really did anything. And the gnome comes out, like, she steps between your legs to get between the two of you, and she tries to break it up. 
He's like, no need to fight on my accord, guys. Let's take it easy. Everyone just stay calm. Uh, the half-elf, he kind of smirks, like, all smug looking. And he grabs down for the gnome's hand. And she kind of pulls away at first. But then it looks like she just kind of gives in because she doesn't want any trouble. And he grabs her hand and starts trying to walk out the door. Well, Jezebel's going to attempt to, like, you know, uh, separate them. Be, be like, clearly she doesn't want to go with you. So are you trying to do some kind of grapple? Are you going to hit him with something? What's the plan to get him separated? Probably just uh, grapple. Uh, so you roll a 4 plus 3, that's a 7. Um, as you lunge forward to grab his arm, uh, he pulls it away so you miss. Uh, and he turns and he throws a kick at your stomach. Uh, does a 13 hit your armor class? Yeah. Uh, so his foot drives up into your gut. Oh, damn. You take four damage, um, and you kind of double over in pain. Um, but at that, the gnome rips her hand away, and you see her hand shoot into his vest and pull out a wand, and she, like, jumps back to be next to you. Um, and as she does, you can hear her cast um, what you know to be healing word as a bonus action as she squares up with this dude. You gain back the four health that you're missing from Healing Word, and the two of you kind of square up with the three thugs. And she's like, I said I didn't want any trouble. Just get out of here, you guys. And the the dude, like, his face looks shocked and surprised um, that she would swipe the wand like that. And he's like, Jomilla, you you told me to keep the wand. You, You don't like having it when you're drunk. You say you do crazy things with it. And she just levels it right at his face, and she's like, You want to see something crazy? Ah, uh, shit. And then just, <laughs> like, uh, just, uh, bad, like, uh, backs away slowly. Like, close enough that she could probably go back, back in, but knowing, like, how, uh, destructive a wizard magic could be in, like, close proximity, probably take a few steps back. Um, so as Jezebel starts to back away, um... Jamila like waves her wand around and she flicks it uh, at the half elf's face and you see a big bubble of acid launch out of the tip of the wand and it splashes both him and the two guys behind um, and they all try to like reflexively get out of the way uh, but none of them manage to do so and the acid kind of starts to, to bubble on their skin and you know they're kind of like yelping out in pain um, and then all three of them charge forward at Jomilla. The half-elf, um, he picks up a bar stool as he's coming at her and swings it down on her head. Um, she ducks under that and kind of rolls off to the side. Um, as the the deity, the Azamar, he charges forward and tries to kick her in the gut. Uh, he also completely misses, rolling a two. Uh, he just kicks nothing but air as Jamila dives backwards. Um, and then the dwarf, like, bull rushes at her. <laughs> They've all rolled single digits to hit. Uh, so the dwarf barrels down at her. Um, and he just misses and runs into another patron. And it basically starts a, a tavern brawl right there. Uh, Jamila puts her wand in her sheath and grabs your hand and tries to run you out the back door. She's like, come with me, let's get out of here. Okay. Uh, you hear the chaos erupting from the bar behind you as you guys make it out the back door. Uh, then you make it to the alley. 
and she starts leading you out towards the street. She tells you that her cart is out front and that they should, you know, the two of you should go and make sure that we can get out of here. Um, she wants you to help her steal the cart. Um, it doesn't seem to belong to her, like she was riding in it, but it seems like it belonged to that half-elf. <laughs> so she's like, come on, Jezebel, let's steal this thing. Do you know how to drive a wagon? No. You you don't? And uh, why were those guys after you? Ugh, or... I, I don't want to talk about it. It's just so crazy. Let's just get out of here. It can't be that hard if those idiots can do it. Uh, and she jumps up onto the driver's bench and grabs the reins. Uh, does Jezebel get on the wagon with her? Yeah. All right. Jezebel jumps up onto the bench next to her, and Jamila just snaps the reins, and she's like, uh, giddy up. And she will roll an animal handling. Holy shit, she got a 16. <laughs> she's ready to go. So the horses are well trained, and they just start trotting along. Um... And then just behind you, out of the front door, you see a few of the patrons just throwing out the three guys that started the mess. Um, and the dwarf notices that the cart is getting away, and he shouts out, and all three of them start running after the cart. So Jamila pulls out her wand, and she turns and points it at them, and just throws a spell. Um, you can tell that she, she slurred the vocal component of the spell, and you have no idea what it was supposed to do. She flicks her wand back, and she tries to cast this spell, and as the uh, bolt of energy comes streaming out of the wand and slams into the dwarf, you see him, like, start moving unnaturally fast as he looks at his hands and his legs, um, and you realize that she just cast haste on the dwarf. And his little legs, his little legs just start pumping, and he's, like, Terminator running at the back of the wagon. And Jamila's like, oh my gosh, he's fast. That's so crazy. Uh, and she try she tries to put her wand back in the sheath, but she misses. And it just falls through the floorboards of the wagon. And you hear it skitter on the street. And then get pulled under one of the wheels of the cart and snap. And she just goes, uh-oh. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, and the dwarf is gating on you pretty quickly. Oh, it like, uh, digs around and then like, uh find something to find herself with. Alright, Jezebel rummages through the back of the cart real quick. Uh, she doesn't find any legit weapons, um, but she does find a torch with like an iron cage around the end, pretty similar to a mace. Um, and just as she picks it up to kind of heft it, um, you hear the dwarf grunt, and he has leapt onto the back of the cart, and he's approaching you. Um, the whole time that the cart has been moving, it's been going faster and faster. Um, Jamila thought it'd be a good idea to go to a road that goes downhill. So the cart is, like, squeaking as it goes flying down this road. Um, and you hear people yelling as they jump out of the way. Um. <laughs> we crash right into somebody's cabbage stand. <laughs> my cabbages! Not my cabbages! <laughs> so the dwarf jumps on. Um, we're gonna have you and him roll initiative. Ooh, he rolled pretty high. He's hasty. So as you uh, heft the torch, you see the dwarf land on the cart, and it kind of bounces in protest um, and squeaks even more as he charges forward and just throws a fist right at your face. Uh, fortunately for you, he does miss. Uh, it goes right over your head, and then he he's hasted up, so he throws another one. He throws a left. Um, this one connects, um, dealing two damage. Okay. So you, you take the left hook to the cheek, 
Um, you can feel your eyes start to swell up. Um, but you stand up and you're ready to fight with this mace, which is actually just a torch. <laughs> but close enough. Yeah. Alright, so Jezebel rolls a 17 to hit. Um, and she maxes out the damage on the torch. So you just crack him right in the head with this torch. Um, he kind of loses his balance and falls backward into the cart. So he's laying on his back. Um, and at that point, you hear from the front, Jamila kind of screams out um, as the cart <laughs> jumps a curb uh, and starts going down an alley. Uh, and as it does that, you can hear the frame crack. Uh, you can actually see... You can see the spot through the boards where the crack has formed and it's starting to spread um, the faster she goes down this alley um, and you hear people continue to yell as they try to get out of the way and you run over a few small like boxes and um, rocks and stuff and it just jumbles everyone all around. The dwarf's still trying to recover. So I like uh, pull out this fork, state what I um, what is needed to like activate it and then like uh... And then pasta noodles come basically out of it, and then you know wrap itself around where like uh, it is bro broken, and then become like what the board what once was. So it rebuilds, so it like rebuilds itself. So you cast mending using this fork. Yep. Uh, and the noodles come creeping out of the tip of it, and they wrap around the frame and all the parts where it's like cracked and damaged. Um, and you hear the wagon, it's not squealing nearly as much, and it seems like it's going to stay together, uh, as the dwarf gets up, and he's got this big lump starting to form on his head. Uh, you hear Jamila desperately trying to get the horses to slow down, because there's a very sharp 90 degree turn coming up. She's like, oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, and the dwarf lunges forward, and he tries to punch you in the gut. Uh, he misses with a three, um, but since he's still hasted up, he's going to try to throw another one. Um, this one is a 9 that hits right on the dot, and you take another 3 damage from his punch. Um, his square beard is all messed up and frazzled now that he's been jostled around the cart and hit with the mace, uh, and he looks real mad. I believe, uh, Jezebel's gonna, um, attempt to, like, uh, hit, hit him with, with her mace again, but, um... She is going to try to have more of um, a side swing to try to knock him off. I like it. Go ahead and make that attack. So Jezebel connects with her mace and hits the dwarf in the rib cage. Um, he stumbles over the side of the cart and he lands in a big pile of trash in the alley. And he kind of skids along like the wet gross ground. Um, and as he's, you see him stand up as the cart is like flying away from him and you see like rats and worms all over him and he's just like trying to pull them off and there's like a rat stuck in his beard and he's just freaking out as the cart flies down the alley. Um, as Jezebel turns around to see how Jamila is doing, you see her just pulling back as hard as she can on the reins but the horses are not stopping until uh, they realize they're about to run into a building and then all at once the team of four horses tries to skid to a stop and they basically just you know they stop completely unevenly uh, the cart starts to like drift almost and the rear end of the cart runs into some of the brick buildings so wood chips are just flying off of the back of it um, and then the cart kind of rights itself as the horses slam into this building bricks break open 
Um, there's a door close by that like falls off the hinges as the whole like foundation of the building gets wrecked by this wagon slamming into it. Uh, so as the those front horses slam into the building, uh, the back horses slam into the front horses, and both you and Jamila are launched off the cart at the wall. Uh, but you see Jamila rip off that focus crystal uh, from the chain around her neck, and she throws it at the wall. And you see, like, a cloud of very poofy, sticky-looking, like, spiderweb material fluff out from the wall, and both of you stick into it. Um, you take a little bit of a little bit of damage on impact. The wind gets knocked out of you. Um, you see stars for a second. But you, you and Jamila are both safe, stuck to this wall, just kind of looking down at the destroyed cart, and the horses are just ma- in a mangled mess. Uh, and you see guards, like four or five guards have been chasing you. They all look out of breath as they finally like catch up. Um, they start asking questions like, what's going on? You guys are both still stuck up to the wall. Um, and Jamila's just like, this brave lady saved me from the men who were trying to kidnap me. You can ask anyone at the bar. They came after me and she saved me by getting me out of there. She even fought off that mean dwarf you passed in the alley. And she will roll a deception. And she gets a nat 20 on her deception. Um, the guards kind of look at each other. Uh, they're kind of in disbelief, but the the leader of the five of them seems convinced. So he's like, my goodness, I can't believe that happened to you. Um, and he kind of gets a closer look at Jezebel and kind of squints and brings his torch up a little closer. And he's like, oh my, you're, you're the daughter of... Are you Delufer? Are you the Delufer girl? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we can't have your family tied to something like this. As brave a thing as you did, as respectable as it was, I, I, I'm afraid you. We just have to get you out of here. Um, I'll I'll speak to the Lord about it tomorrow. But I, I don't. He looks at his men like so confused, and they they look equally confused. They don't know what to do. Um, so they kind of climb up the cart and they help the two of you down from like the sticky web. They like rip you out of it. Um, kind of a sticky situation. And not the fun kind either. <laughs> uh, they rip you down. So the lead guard just kind of insists that Jezebel make her way home and offers to send a man to escort. Uh, you can tell it's not really an offer. He's going to do it. Um, but Jamila, once she's pulled free, she's like, I want to go with her. She's kept me safe so far. Um, I know some people in Postonia. Maybe the other people can can help us. And that's when you realize that Jamila already knew who you were. You don't remember telling her that, you know, you were the Delufer family or part of the family or even telling her your last name. So she either knew who you were the whole time or recognized the family name. Uh, but it seems like she knew who you are, who you were already. Like she was planning on leveraging that to get out of this situation. So the guard looks to Jezebel. Uh, Would that be acceptable for you, madam? Yes. Very well. We are obviously, like, both very tired. I would feel more confident having her escort me home. Um, The guard agrees. Um, Give me an insight check. Okay, with a 15, you can tell that he's just saying that to keep you quiet and that he's going to have one of his men follow you to make sure that you're actually going home. Uh, but he doesn't say that out loud. He just says, uh, as you wish, ma'am, as you wish. 
Yeah, that's fine. I'm used to it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you and Jamila begin heading back to your house. Um, There's a guard trailing you the whole time, but he's not, you know, he's not there to mess with you guys or anything. He's just watching to make sure you get back safe. Um, And as you get to the estate, uh, do you just sneak her in through the window like you usually do? Yep. All right, so you... um, you get out the little key that you have that opens up the latch from the outside of your window. Uh, you pull it open and you give Jamila a boost into your room. And then you climb in after her and you shut the window and lock it. Um, and Jamila and Jezebel just have a great night together after that. <laughs> um, over, uh, over the course of the next few days, when you're out and about, you're getting kind of strange looks from the guards of the city. Uh, you can tell that word of your exploits has traveled. And even though the common folk aren't going to know about it, um, you can tell that it's kind of the, the talk of the town amongst the guards and the nobility. Um, you do hear a lot of people talking about what was, you know, what the official story was, which is that those three guys got drunk and crashed the wagon into that place. And so they were held responsible for the whole thing. Um, all three of them were arrested um, all of their possessions were taken um, by the nobility to cover the costs of repairing the building. And Jamila seemed very happy at that news uh, before she left town on a ship um, headed off to you don't even know where. Before she leaves, uh, Jezebel's going to like um, take out like a coin and then like uh, and that, uh, mark it in case they ever uh, see each other again. Uh, Jamila takes the coin and she's like, I'm sure we'll see each other again someday. I would like that. And then she sneaks out your window, and you hear her, like, fall into the bush, and she's like, God damn it! She picks herself up and scurries off towards the docks. She really, really tried to find a way, a way to cut down that bush. <laughs> <laughs> and that is going to do it for our solo session with Jezebel. Uh, that ended up being a pretty fun episode to record, uh, pretty action-packed. Tried to get a song in there. Oh, it had a little bit of everything. What a great episode, am I right? (laughs) Uh, Hopefully you guys liked it, and you will check out the next one. Thanks for listening.